one of the behaviors I think you're going to want to learn uh, if you're thinking about, you know, how do I have more presence is the behavior of focus. You know, how do I just focus on doing one thing at one time? How do I focus on being really clear, really clear? I mean, you're, you're, you're smiling at me right now, okay? It doesn't matter what culture you're part of. It doesn't matter where you were born it's on universal. the planet. It makes no difference. We smile the same. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Conversation with Hypeet. Guys, I'm so much excited because I'm joined with today the best-selling author, one of the best experts in human behavior and body language. And you can also say that he's a YouTuber with over 70,000 subscribers and has 11 million views, more than 11 million views on his channel. So guys, he's a real deal in this expert. I just don't want to say anything more. Like I'm so much excited to start our conversation. Just please welcome with me the number one body language expert in whole world recognized by global gurus, Mark Borden. Welcome to the show, Mark. Harpreet, thanks for having me. Great pleasure to be here. And uh, thanks for all your audience for watching and listening into this. Great to be with everybody. Mark, I'm telling you, like, uh, the reason I started have my show is that because I wanted to have experts on various fields. And the, I when I tried to look for, like, who's the expert in body language, as your name came up and then your TEDx talk came up, your site came up. So it feels like I really took another step for my audience that because now they can really have a genuine conversation with person like who has such a more than a decade. I feel like so many decades of experience in this field. So really, again, like, thank you so much for coming on the show. Baby. My pleasure. So Mark, uh, you have published and written like four books, I believe. And yeah. I have read your like one of your first books. I didn't yeah. have a chance to uh, read your recent book, but I have read this book. And let me tell you, be honest, like I would be honest. This was one of those books. Like if I really wanted to understand everything, I had to make notes. And I don't do that. Like this was, this is very rare to me. Like I made notes with pencil on a notebook. And I feel like I should give it another go because still I feel like I'm missing something. I should learn more. So again, like I'm grateful for that. Like you gave me opportunity to it give me it give me a chance to like make another go on how to read a book on how to understand six. So Mark, again, like you have written books. Could you like tell me, man, like what what was your childhood like and what makes you? step in into this behavior into this human behavior field lovely yeah so as a as a child i was really interested in animal behavior especially sea life i love to get down on a beach and i love to mess around in rock pools and you know handle crabs and sea anemones and starfish and fish and i was really interested in the movement of water and the movement of those animals so i've always been interested in the way things move and of course the interesting thing is is you know everything in the universe moves all the time even when you stand still understand you're part of a planet that is moving which is part yeah. of a galaxy that is moving which is a part of a a, um, a, a universe which is constantly expanding so yeah. yeah so everything moves everything moves you know the one thing that um you know there are many things that connect us harpreet we're both 
upright hominids. We both have roughly two arms, two legs and a head in the same place. Our body works more similarly than it's ever going to be different. There's more that's the same about you and I than there is ever going to be any difference. And one of the great similarities is we move all the time, whether we like it or not. So I've, I've been obsessed with, with movement and especially obsessed with how movement can influence and persuade people. So as a kid, I was very interested in visual art and how you can draw pictures, especially moving pictures. I love animation, how you can make pictures move in such a way that a human being looks at those images and goes, that's real. That's a real thing. It has feelings, it has emotions. And of course it doesn't. It's just encoded in the right way in order to trigger us as human beings into feeling like that mm. other thing has feelings and emotions. So I got very interested in what we can do as human beings on purpose to trigger other human beings into a, a feeling, how we can influence and persuade them around feelings. So that's that's been my history. And like you say, I've been doing this for gosh, well over, I guess, 30 years or something like that. It's been it's been a while. Um, and that book was written over 10 years ago. So yeah, I've been at this a while, just fascinated with human behavior and movement. But now I'm curious, like you, you are doing this, like you're learning and learning continuously from like for 30 years now. But I'm curious, like in your early days, how you even started gaining the knowledge? Because I feel like in that area, like in that times, like you might not have internet or the courses, the college courses, how, how you learn that? Yeah, so um, so one of the first books, so books, you know, uh, and one of the first books that was important, uh, I think for, for anybody in, in human behavior was, was Desmond Morris, A Man Watching. This is an original copy from back in the uh, 70s or something like that. And for me, it was great because it had just amazing uh, pictures yeah. in it, you know? And, and I loved the pictures. Um, this is now called People Watching, not Man Watching, but still Desmond Morris is one of the most important people within human behavior and body language. So I read a lot of books, but I especially got interest. Oh, there were a lot of shows on TV about not only human behavior, but animal behavior. Mm -hmm. um, and what I started to do was think about us humans as, uh, you know, part of the animal kingdom, you know, part of everything that is living on the planet and going, what are the similarities? What are the similarities? I mean, I'm not saying we're the same as animals, but there are similarities. And, and I wanted to understand what's the similarity in, you know, this behavior of animals over here and how that might that be true to us as uh, social mammals, you know, ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I read a lot around that. I watched a lot of TV. I also went and studied on a fine arts course as well and started to think about how the world of art and performing arts matched this world of influence and human behavior. Um, I, I went to teachers and practitioners, you know, from across the world and got very niched in the idea of how you, I guess, choreograph movement in order to get a certain effect from people. I then started working in entertainment and politics and business around, again, how you can train people to use their behavior 
to influence and persuade people. So that's that's how I got here, Harpreet. It would have been a little bit easier if the internet had been around uh, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. at the but, time. <laughs> what, what about now? Like, are you still like continuing? Like, are you still learning? What are the best resources now you're looking for for your knowledge? Yeah. Um, so now, you know, the best way that I, I learn, I, I'm on this um, YouTube show called The Behavior Panel. And again, if people want to learn about body language, human behavior, behavior, the behavior panel is a great place to go. Uh, there are four other uh, experts in human behavior and body language on that show with me. And the best way I learn nowadays is to make that show with them yeah. and listen to what they're saying and yeah. listen to what I'm saying in response. Mm -hmm. And what I'm always trying to do is, is learn from others. And by learning from others, learn about how I'm building my viewpoint, my skill. I mean, here's the thing, Harpy, you know, as I say, everything moves and we need to move and our thinking needs to move all the time. Our thinking needs to move forward. So I'm always thinking, what am I stuck in? And that could be a good thing, could be good for part of what you're thinking to be solid and stuck somewhere. I don't mind that. But what am I moving forward in? How am I building? How am I growing my thinking? And who do I need to be around in order to build forward with that? So look, for anybody trying to build forward in their understanding you know watching this show is a, is is a great thing being with like minded you know look the thing is if if you're watching this show right now i know there are other people watching this show right now and they want to move forward just like you so don't think that you're alone there's lots of people watching this show right now because they're interested in what you know harpreet has to say they're interested in mm. me being here with you so there's people already around you who are who your interests who have the same interest as you make more contact with them you know learn from each other and then find great guests to come on the show and and learn from them interesting interesting like when you mentioned like yeah like listeners can come on and they can like see my perspective as a beginner and then they can see their perspective and then they can like identify and see like how they want to go next yeah yeah i mean listen never be afraid of being a big beginner um mm -hmm. i'm just a beginner but i'm i i i be, began a bit earlier than maybe yeah. most most other people watching this yeah just 30 so, years of head start yeah, yeah but 30 years of being a beginner okay yeah. um so so what's great is is you never stop learning in this field because there is so much that we thought we knew and we didn't quite know so much that we kind of learn mm -hmm. each year um and so much that can change and move forward each year sure. so it, it's not static it's it's moving all the time which is great sure sure uh, mark now i'm curious like you were talking about like how you started from understanding the animal behavior mm -hmm. what similarities do you find like uh in the comparison to the human like is it like maybe in the animal animal kingdom when you hunt maybe you show predator side, defensive side, like what were some of the similarities you think like human are still doing it, which animals also show? Yeah, so it's it's really interesting. So so I take an evolutionary psychology um, kind of viewpoint. I take the, the viewpoint that we are uh, evolved from ground dwelling mammals. And so we have a similarity mm -hmm. to some ground dwelling mammals. Imagine, you know, a mammal that walks on all fours 
okay? And it gets into an environment whereby there's no more forest anymore. And so if that mammal stands upright, I mean, obviously not in a day, it does it over millions of years, it wins an advantage. It can now see a longer distance. It can smell over the air rather than sniffing the ground. It now smells over the air. It can see over the plains. Uh, it, it now brings its eyes more to the front yeah. so that it can see distance. So now uh, we, are, we are being predated upon. We are prey for something else, but also we can now do distance and we can now throw objects that could hit a target. So we now get very target oriented. And also we're social mammals. So we work as groups and we work as teams. Yeah. And we start to differentiate our skills. You know, I start to go, it's not that useful if Harpreet does exactly what I do. Like what's Harpreet good at? What am I good at? And how can we co-opt with each other and trade with each other in order to win each other's skills and help each other survive? So the most important thing I think about us humans is we are upright social mammals, okay? And, and, and when we stand upright, essentially this area becomes vulnerable, mm, yeah. okay? Especially this Especially area, with, yeah, yeah. yeah, this area here is very, very vulnerable. So you'll notice, for example, when people get nervous, anxious, worried about the environment around them, you may well see them start to cover up mm -hmm. this area here. You'll see them close in around this area here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sometimes you'll see, you'll see, see this, you'll see them close in here because there's some vulnerable areas here mm -hmm. that if we were on all fours, this would be protected all by the ground area. And now when we're upright, it's not protected mm -hmm. anymore. So I think one of the fundamental things you wanna look out for is, uh, does somebody look comfortable or not? Are they covering any of these areas? Also the joints, you know, as well, uh, when we're predated upon, uh, if, if an animal gets hold of the joints, They've got control of a lot of the limb. If they just get yeah. part of the limb, then we've got a lot of control. The moment you get control of joints, it's really difficult to escape. So we protect this area here and we protect joint areas as well. So I think that's important to look out for. The other thing that I was mentioning is, you know, we, we are designed to trade with each other. We're designed to share skills we're designed to have different skills than other people. We're designed to get niched in our skills, I would say. So if anybody out there is thinking, ah, oh, you know, I don't have that skill that somebody else has out there, or I wish I was better at that, that's fine. Like, try and get as good as you can at whatever you want to get good at. You know, if you want to get good at something, get, go, on, go ahead, get good at it but also look out for the things that you think you do better than other people, mm -hmm. because there may be some, some, you know, DNA design in your body or your brain that is designed for you to be better at that. And you may have grown up in a particular group who supported you around that skill. And so, 
you know, just pay attention to some of the things that you feel that you are really good at or you enjoy a little bit more, because that might be useful to put even more effort into those things. Yeah, like definitely. And now you're talking about this, the, the question came up in my mind is that, as you said, like we show sometimes our vulnerability in front of others. And this very popular saying in the world, like and it's very universal, like it's the same in India and, and in, even in Canada. And the saying is like kind of that, like first impression is the last impression. Mm -hmm. What's your thought on it? Like, is this a real uh, universal too? Or no, it's like maybe it's not that much too. Like what you think, like is this, what's uh, yeah. your thoughts, Bill? Yeah, so absolutely, we judge each other. Okay, that's, you know that, I know that, everybody watching and listening to this, you know that you judge people. You know, I judge you, you judge me, we know it, we know it happens. And we know that in some circumstances, we might want to suspend that judgment. Um, but ultimately, our instinct, um, not only our gut instinct of am I safe with this person, but also our social instinct, is this person a part of my group, a part of my team or not? Okay, then, you know, that uh, we judge based on that. And it can be, it's not that we can't suspend our judgment, it's just that's work for the brain. Okay, it's a lot of work to suspend um, uh, judgment. Okay, so, so we do make a first impression. And, and we've got to understand that it isn't the only impression. If that first impression was negative or positive, that impression can get undone, but it's harder work to undo that first impression, okay? So it comes down to, you will make a first impression, okay? Now, do you wanna take care of that first impression, knowing that if it goes wrong for you, it's not that you can't undo it, it's just it's going to be work for you and work for everybody else and work that the brain doesn't want to do okay because it's already judged and it judged in an instant and now the second impression it'll take many many moments to to reassess that and that's hard work for the brain it's not going to like doing that so i would say this it's okay if you make what you think has been a bad impression you can undo it, okay? No problem at all. But I do want you to think, what is the first impression that you would always like to make that would be beneficial for you, beneficial for them? And how could you go out there to make that really clear, that first impression with people on purpose, okay? Because you can do that. You can make a first impression on purpose that benefits everybody. So in what other words, like you're saying that we kind of like prepare our first impression, even like even if we haven't talked with the person before. Yeah, yeah, because because look, you know, um, look, you know, we might, you know, ultimately, though, we both live in 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 Canada, Harpreet, you 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 live over in Brampton, I'm in downtown uh, Toronto. Uh, originally, I'm from I'm from England. Uh, I think originally you're from uh, India. India. Is that that correct? Yeah. And though there are many, many links, of course, with with Britain and and India, and 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 Britain and India have you know a great love 
of, of each other. Obviously, there's been some problems over time as well. But, but ultimately, down the line, you know, there's a great kind of respect and love for those, that those two cultures have, have for e each other. Um, but ultimately, you know, you only need to look at the way that I'm dressed and that you're dressed and that you show up to, to, to go, okay, so there is going to be a marked cultural difference between Mark and Harpreet, okay? That, that's just, it's just obvious. And at the same time, there's going to be some massive similarities that mean we can, we can get on. Now, given that we know uh, instantly there could be some marked cultural differences where we're going to have to work at that, suspend judgment, try and understand each other, take things a little bit more slowly. Ultimately, you're a human being, I'm a human being, we're both battling gravity, we both, both have roughly two arms, two legs and a head in the same place. Our GI tract is, is the same, our face is made up of the same elements in, in almost exactly the same place and so there is regardless of culture regardless of how you were brought up your value system and how i was brought up my value system and the differences there are too many similarities and so i know what your your basic humanness needs from me in order to feel comfortable you know what my basic humanness needs from you to make me feel comfortable and we can provide that to each other yes we might make some cultural mistakes we might have to reassess those undo those along the way but what we don't want to do is make any human mistakes because there's no there's no reason to it's like you're a human being i'm a human being we should be able to understand each other there i hope that makes sense to you harper well, what are some human mistakes you're talking here Oh, so so um, so things like um, though though we may have our different kind of cultures that we've grown up in may have different ideas about how much space we should give yeah, each other. Definitely. Yeah. Ultimately, space is important. <laughs> That's like your there is a sense of your territory, and there will be a sense of my territory. Yeah. Okay. Now, all I need to do is walk into a situation with you and understand for Harpreet, territory will be as important as it is to me, but there may be some differentiations between, between that. Now, I, you know, I don't know what quite what they're going to be. Okay. But I can look out for those. I can pay attention uh, mm -hmm. to those. All I need to do is go, space is important to me space will be important to you let me just see how this works yeah so there's that look i mean you're 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 smiling at me right now okay it doesn't matter what culture you're part of it doesn't matter where you were born it's on universal. the planet it makes no difference we smile the same okay and so and so you know, though when I approach you, though I might suspect, you know, from the early visual image, okay, different culture, maybe some different ideas, okay, ultimately, that shouldn't stop me smiling. Ultimately, that shouldn't. Now, in different cultures, smile levels are up or down in different situations, mm -hmm. but every culture smiles, okay, every 
culture smiles it, and they smile the same. They might smile more in certain situations and sometimes it might mean something slightly different, but the gradations are not so important most of the, most of the time. Everybody is okay with yeah. a smile on 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 meeting i hope that makes sense to you Harpreet. yeah and for the smile like i also feel like like when we smile in the other words like we are also welcoming welcoming that person in our personal space like let's have a conversation right right so the smile is a universal signal for is good now it's mm -hmm. it, it means that this is good mm -hmm. okay now sometimes a smile can be used to placate somebody else of high status it can be a smile to say, OK, we're good. We're all right. Don't, you know, yeah. don't rain down any anything on me. I know you have power. It's OK. So sometimes a smile is used in that situation. It still means this is good. This is OK. OK, it's going to be fine. OK, so so there's usually nothing negative in most contexts around a smile. Of course, we can find contexts where a smile might be negative. But as a good generalization that you don't have to worry about, smile and it should be okay. You might do. And when you were saying that we judge each other unconsciously, and now I'm I want to ask you is that like when when someone having a conversation like uh, just a daily life conversation with a friend with the close ones, and again like I read it in some, some book that most of your conversation is like nonverbal, like kind of sixty percent, seventy percent. You think that the nonverbal communication, the nonverbal signs we are giving to person in front of us, does he does they really thinking about that? Does their behavior, their pattern of speech is really affecting by our nonverbal communication? Yeah, for, for certain. So um, we communicate to each other our feelings and intentions now via nonverbal communication and we do it consciously and mainly unconsciously okay mainly it's it's a bunch of very fast reactions and actions going on almost like an unconscious dance mm -hmm. uh, you know choreography that's going on to quickly help parties know um the risk and reward that's in the environment I'd say, and yes, we, we are um, we are reacting and acting on that all the time at very much an unconscious level. One of the keys that I try and teach people is how would you do that a little more consciously mm. in order to get more of the results that you're looking for? Because sometimes we have great conversations and sometimes we have terrible conversations. And, I, you know, I wonder how we would um, have better conversations more of the time by taking care more of the time consciously of this unconscious, usually unconscious conversation going on, because sometimes it can work against us. I hope that makes sense, Harpreet. That's, yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's surprising that like if people are really good at it, like controlling their body language, they can like kind of move the conversation according to own their own like agenda, I can say. So definitely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's 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 how can you, you know, uh, control the conversation a little more to the so it'll work out better for everybody involved. Well, I, yeah. You know? Now I I'm I'm curious and because I was doing some research, 
Now, I, as I mentioned, right, I'm Indian, like I came from an India three years back. So I have seen like so many, like on television, I have seen so many Bollywood, uh, like the personalities, politicians, and then I came back, uh, I came here. I, uh, I met so many business owners in Toronto. I had the chance to uh, interview business owner on the channel. There's one thing common in every big name is that they have presence. They, some, some may have a small level, some may have like a good aura, strong aura in them. Like, you know, like someone is entering the room. Now I want to ask is that, is it, is it an innate ability? Like do they born with it and then they big, uh, make big names or do they become big names and then learn about this presence, like how they can grow their presence big more? Yeah, so, so I would say this, um, in my experience, there is no kind of uh, God of presence that will mm. point at you and go, I'm choosing you <laughs> to be there. Yeah. I don't, I don't see that happening. Um, look, e even, even you've, you've probably noticed this with, with people who are good at sports. Yes, there are some certain genetic things that uh, that will make you better at some sports. But ultimately, unless you practice every day and you find a great coach and you find a great team to be a part of and you have um, uh, a community around you, parents, mm -hmm. you know, siblings, teachers who are going to support you around this, chances are it's not going to happen. For, for you you won't rise to your full potential uh, presence is 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 the same um uh i i can't but with presence i can't think of the genetic characteristics that, that are going to help you so okay you like you can learn yeah it's all going to be learned behavior mm -hmm. and so uh one of the behaviors i think you're going to want to learn uh if you're thinking about you know how do i have more presence is the behavior of focus. You know, how do I just focus on doing one thing at one time? How do I focus on being really clear, really clear, okay? Because the clearer you are, presence, part of presence is about looking like a leader, people going, okay, mm -hmm. that's somebody I should follow. Rather like when we, when we make these people with presence, we make them stars and we make them, stars certainly in the in the european metaphor i don't know whether in india you have the we same put them like in higher place like these you put them in a higher place yeah, yeah you literally we put them up in the sky mm -hmm. <laughs> you know we we literally make like they're them beyond our reach like we should be beyond our reach them. a pinpoint of light in the sky but remember <clears throat> the thing about stars the reason stars are so important is when you're out at sea and you can't even see the sun or the moon anymore the stars don't change a lot and you can get to the right place by following the stars. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so what is it about stars that is so compelling? They're really clear and focused and unchanging. And so they're followable. You need to be the same. You need to be really clear and focused so you can be followed. If you're doing too much all the time, okay? Trying to do this and this and this, we can't follow you. And so you can't be a guide for us because we have no idea where you're going. <laughs> okay. We have no idea what you're doing. So if you want to be a star for us, you've got to be really clear 
about what you stand for, what you do, and you've got to, just got to do that and do that and do that and do that, so that those that want to be like you can follow you. Because if they can't follow you, you can't be a leader. That's just the, the, the fundamentals of it. It's so wonderful. Like this is now one of the lessons I'm taking away from this interview is that if I want to people believe in me, I really should focus in one. Like I shouldn't like do everything in uh, like I only have two hands. Really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you only have two two hands. And I mean, look, at the same time, I don't want I don't want people to think, hey, I should really narrow down, you know, exactly what I what I do. Look explore a lot of stuff <laughs> okay explore a lot of stuff but try at some point to find at any one point some kind of focus mm -hmm. to even if it's a focus to exploring a lot of stuff it's like through what through which particular lens or telescope are you exploring that thing exactly. and can you just narrow it down uh a little bit so it's easier for us to to follow essentially god in mind like thank you so much for that now mark like like i mentioned like in very beginning like you have videos like over million of views some of videos are like four million views mm -hmm. views and one of your most popular video is like when you give tedx talk so when i was watching that like this beginning is really caught my interest and in the beginning like you mentioned that Human tends to make a decision on the moment if we like the person or not based on their behavior, body language, even before like we have uh, like spoken to them. Like if I haven't even heard their ideas, I still make a decision unconsciously that if I'm going to like that person or not. Is this judgmental, being a judgmental is right or can we control this being a judgmental to a yeah. Yeah. So look, yes, we judge each other immediately. You only need to walk down a street, you know, that's more crowded mm -hmm. to realize that most people you don't notice. Most people you just pass on by because your instinct has not classified them as as a risk or a reward. Yeah. It's just gone. No risk, no reward. Forget about it. You never need to think about those people again right now the brain is just out there looking for risk and reward and everybody else just indifferent uh to them and the reason that's important to us is that if we want to stand out if we want to win trust and gain credibility if we want to make our mark as as a leader in some way we can't be people can't be indifferent to us okay yeah they might not like us at all that and that's that may mean that we'll never lead them yeah that's okay because at least we were clear and if we're clear we might find the bunch of people who do like what we're saying you know not every leader is universally liked no, okay yeah. and i think i don't think any leader has been universally liked. even the ones that we put up on a very high star-like pedestal and go this was a a great a great leader, a great person. You'll have to find there was a whole other part of the country that, <laughs> that yeah. disliked them greatly. I mean, you only need to think about, you know, India and Gandhi, who, you know, who for one group of people is put up on a really high pedestal, for another group of people, not at all. 
Mm-hmm. Not, a, not at all. So, um, so nobody is going to be universally, universally liked. But, but can people not be indifferent to them? That would be the key. Now, that's tricky because it means being disliked by some people <laughs> and very much liked by some others. And that will require a level of, of, of clarity. But yes, uh, can we shift that so we are not... Um, we are not falling into that indifference category, yes. But in order to do that, we're going to have to do some strong signals that are clear to people, and that may cause uh, some dislike from some and some like from, from some others. Definitely. The reason I'm asking is that, like, when, let's say, like, if, uh, like, before even this interview, we just met and we never talked to each other. I judge you just based on your like coming on the show. If the ability of human to judge others before even they listen their ideas, before even they talk to others, like just based on their experience, behavior, entering, sitting, standing, even like if we uh, made this image in our mind, just based on our imagination, just based on the information we get in some environment. Yeah. You think like this image most often times it's right or we often most of the times like make a wrong image of someone else yeah so it, it's right when it's right and it's wrong when it's wrong or anything in between i mean the answer is in the word there image comes from imagination which comes from originally the latin word imago which means the perfect image we create these ideas in our head mm-hmm. which feel very perfect you know, so you come on the screen in front of me, Harpreet, I see you, and instantly my brain makes a judgment, okay? Who you are, where you're from, what kind of behaviors I should expect from you, what kind of viewpoint I should expect from you. It's already got a plan, okay? Now, either my idea around you is really accurate or really inaccurate or something in between. What I need to understand is I just have an idea about you, but the idea that I have about you, my brain is going to make me feel like it's very true. Mm -hmm. It either is very true, very untrue, or something in between, but my brain is going to tell me you've got the right idea about Harpreet, and then all your behaviours, I'm going to try and make fit my idea about you, which Mm -hmm. my idea is either very true, very untrue, or something in between. What I want to do is make sure that I keep remembering that my initial idea could be very inaccurate, Mm -hmm. okay? And I need to keep exploring with you to get closer to the real truth of, you know, who you are for me today and who you are for yourself and, 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 and who you want to be for me today. I mean, there's lots of things. There's lots of complexity. Here's the thing. There's lots of complexity going on. And my brain, just like yours, does not like complexity because it takes too much power mm-hmm. to deal with complexity. Okay? It's not that the brain can't deal with it. It can totally deal with it, but it usually needs to have nothing else going on, plenty of food and water, okay a really clear idea of the problem it's trying to solve and then we'll go in and we'll get focused and we'll solve that problem it's like the same thing like we already gave our first impression to each other like but then we start working again and 
the imp- first impression can be undone, but it might take some time and some yeah. extra conversation. Yeah, and f- and for you to undo that first impression with me, it will be harder work for you if I'm not open to it being undone. Mm, okay. If, if, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like, you know, because everything you do to try and undo that first impression, I'll be making into a a piece of evidence for the first impression. Okay, because it's like, okay, Harpreet, just, you're trying to do something to undo that first impression. And my brain is just going, oh, there it is. You see, that's, that's exactly what I expected from him. That's the kind of person he is, you see. So, so, you know, you maybe need to work to undo that first impression. I also need to work towards having that first impression undone. Mm-hmm. But the key is there in the words, isn't it? It's work. Now we're working. Yeah. Well, you know, now we've got to decide as human beings whether we want to put in the work of understanding each other better. And 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 some days we probably don't. <laughs> and, but but what I wonder is, is on more days, could we try and understand each other just a little bit more, a little bit better by putting in just a little bit more work? Well, then the key is is what exactly, what's the small things you can do in order that don't take a lot of energy that could make the biggest difference? Like any piece of work, um, you know, you'll know in the work that you do, Harpreet, you know, if I understood uh, how to do it like you, it would be more economical. (laughs) Like people who are good at the things that they do, usually they have tools and techniques that make it more economical. means they can do more than anybody else better faster because <laughs> they just understand it the economics better so you know what i try and understand is the economics of first impressions and how to undo them or redo them or get them right first time you know like i get it now like and thanks like you really explained that very beautifully and i'm now thinking is that like you think like in the world there are some myths or there's things like which are popular but you think like no these are not true these are just popular like kind of say first impression is the last impression which we think is good too yeah you think like there are some myths out there which you don't think like no this shouldn't be there this yeah so like so it. a lot of the body language myths out there you know this is a good a good so, myth yeah so it's so, like i'm i'm not listening to you i'm closing to no could be anything could be so many different things um you know sometimes when people are making a decision they cross their arms yes yeah you know because they're like oh let me think about that you know and sometimes so and and often people will misread that they're closed sometimes they'll lean right back fold fold their arms sometimes they'll look down and they'll start thinking and considering well some people go oh they're closed they've they've looked away like they're they're totally out of this they're uninvolved it's like no they're they're about to make it if you hang on they're about to make a decision just just hold on for a moment with your judgment around around this sometimes they're cold (laughs) you know (laughs) um yeah sometimes they're closed yeah the key is is knowing which one and which one requires taking a bit more time, asking a few more questions, getting a bit more information from, from people. But that one is a, is a classic myth. Oh, another one is, is if people touch their face, they're lying. So, okay. <laughs> you know? Like saying if no, or it's just normal? It could, could be so many things. Yeah. Sometimes people scratch their noses because it actually, it, like in the summer, 
So, so um, uh, as I told you, Harpreet, I came here from, from the UK, from England, and pretty much the moment I moved to Canada, I suddenly got hay fever, you know, allergies to the crops that are here because I didn't grow up yeah. with all these all these crops in the the pollen from these trees and in the air my I didn't grow up with that and so my body's instantly like this is we're not used to this stuff mm -hmm. so so in the sun I still get it so in the summer you'll you'll see me scratching my nose a lot because I got allergies <laughs> yeah um uh yeah and for those allergies I'm I might take some allergy medication, which could make my pupils really dilated. <laughs> okay, so now I'm scratching my nose and I've got dilated pupils. It's like, give me a cup of coffee with that. And now I've got super dilated pupils. It's like, wow. you gotta, you know, there are so many reasons why people are gonna behave in the, in the way they're gonna be. I mean, even just talking about having an itchy nose has made me have an itchy nose. Okay, so, so you, you know, you the key about reading body language is you need to investigate fully the context and keep watching, keep listening, keep taking in data, keep asking questions to get closer to the truth of what's going on. Mark, now, now I'm listening to you. Now I'm thinking about it. Like you said, like we can make decision like this, lean forward like this. So many factors yeah. in. So I'm thinking about it, like, and, and I want to see from your perspective, you know, you have like more than 30 years of experience in understanding human behavior. What are some of the things you notice first when you are having conversation with like some senior executives, presidents, or just with someone close ones? Because for me, like I'm, I'm a beginner, when I'm having a conversation, there are some, I think two things going in my mind. I try to like look in the eyes and I feel like okay the way is the conversation going is the person talking to me is like happy annoyed neutral I feel like I'm very good at it understanding from their eyes another thing is that sometimes and sometimes my like immigrant mind kick in when I'm talking like uh, my human mind like starts to translating English in my native tongue like, automatically <laughs> And in that way, like sometimes the whatever information I'm getting, I'm not getting most of it. Like instead of 90%, I'm yeah. getting 70% because most of the time I went to in the translating. So it's like a very big thing. And what about your side? Like as an expert, what are some of the things you notice during the conversation first? Yeah, so here's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make it really simple. Like I'm not even trying to tackle a second language. Like if somebody else is talking in a different language than English, I'm just like, I'm not, just I can't take part. So, you know, any you and anybody out there who have, who work with more than one language, I don't know how you do it, but it, it, it's genius that you that you do from my point of view. Um, so, so, so I understand that the moment you go to several languages, the, the brain starts reaching certain capacities. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm trying to make it even for just I only speak English, I'm trying to make it super simple for myself. So, so I'm going to look out for is the body language open or closed? Okay, is it open or closed? And, and you can imagine in your head what open looks like and where people can be open. Mm -hmm. And you can imagine what what closed yeah, not, can be like yeah okay it's it's like now does closed mean something well it depends 
But if I just think about those two buckets, open and closed, I've now simplified the system. Does it make it more accurate? No, but it makes it easier for me to start thinking about it because I want to think about it and I want an easy entry to thinking because because if I get in easy I can allow it to be more complicated but if I go in complex like the brain's going to shut down and go no 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 we're not taking part in this so open and closed let's say open and closed and let's say comfortable or uncomfortable and again you can think of of body language that might that might look less comfortable to you and you might see body language that you think is even open and comfortable <laughs> okay and what about body language that would seem closed and uncomfortable okay well now here's what i'm looking for is are there any moments where somebody moves from comfortable to uncomfortable mm. or from open to closed yeah or vice versa and i want to know like when did that happen if that happens if there are big movements happening when is that happening what because i want to work out what is making them more open and comfortable or what is making them triggering them into being more closed and uncomfortable and can i do anything about that is there something that i might be able to do about about what's triggering that can i can I control that in some way? Anyway, I hope that makes, makes sense as yeah. a, I'm trying to find simple ways to think about this. Not that it is simple at all, it's highly complex, but highly complex means that, or a highly complex entry into it means that you're probably your brain won't have the capacity for it. Certainly mine doesn't. I mean, there might be some brains out there that do, but mine just doesn't. That's why I create simple models for that. How much, like I'm listening to you and you said like you look for like open, closed body posture. And now a question just came in my mind is that you think like the body science we give, um, we, is this like a universal? You think like the body science, if you are understanding the body science, it, it would be like same in Canada, same in India or same in Australia. Because the reasons I'm asking, like there's so many gestures depend on the culture. Like let's say example of Indian head nodding, right? Yeah. Like, it could we like even in even me, like if I'm understanding you correctly, I would try to like move it my head like yeah, this. Yeah. But it could be a different meaning to someone. Like, how would you you think like these are universal or some of are or some of not? Yeah, the, the head wobble um, is, is not entirely universal. The head nod and the head shake, like you, you yeah. nod your head and you shake your head, yeah. but you also, you also head wobble. And across India, um, that head wobble kind of changes, is my understanding, as you it's move across it. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. so it's, it's, it has a regional aspect to it as well. And my understanding is the... I guess the 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 energy behind it, the kind of energy that it has, yeah, dictates the kind of sentiment that it that it that it has. But it but it's it's generally an agreeable gesture. It's generally like I'm I'm in agreement with this. It doesn't mean it's true. <laughs> it doesn't mean like it's going to happen. But it's like so. If I say, hey, you know, can you um can you get this job for me? And you go, yes, yeah, sure. 
Sure. It's like, okay, so he's in, he's in agreement mm -hmm. that this would happen. That doesn't mean it's going to get done. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like I'm understanding your thoughts, like, sure, but I'm absolutely. not saying that I'm going to do it or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, doing it is a whole different thing. Like, yes, you know, consider yeah, that, it yeah. done. <laughs> you know, you like, uh, because when I came here, like, I had to give my myself time because this was kind of confusing to others. So I thought, oh, I feel like head wobbling might not be that common, in other words. Yeah, it, it's 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 not common in European culture, and therefore it's not common in the predominance of North American mm -hmm. culture, given that it's a colonial, you know, culture, uh, you know, pr predominantly colonial culture. So so it, it lends itself to, uh, you know, and and for whatever reason. Um, there's so much from Indian culture that moved into British uh, culture. The head wobble never made the head. There's so many things they Yeah, never, never really. And and I just think it's it's so um, so unique and potentially not need. You know, it, it might be about it isn't needed in European or in, in British culture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So British culture. Uh, as you well know, is is um, quite highly regimented, you know, in terms of rankings. Yeah. Simply because it's an island, keeps get on getting invaded. Small island, always invaded across its history. You need quite a regimented culture, so you're ready for invasion. You're ready to to go. So when invasion inevitably happens, nobody's going. So who's in charge? You mm -hmm. always know who's in charge. So you don't kind of need the, the idea of, yeah, you know, we, we kind of, we, we accept what's going on. We're maybe not going to join in, but we're, you know, good, we're, good luck to you. Yeah. <laughs> we don't, we don't, <laughs> wow. like, that wouldn't be helpful. That'll get everybody killed, you know? <laughs> Whereas for some reason in, in my guess is in the regionality of India, not that it hasn't had its own, you know, battles and infighting and you know of course that's that's happened but somehow that gesture must be useful you know it must it must save more lives than it ever risks essentially it's kind of like we never learn about it, it just came instinctively in our minds right well it's a customary gesture mm -hmm. and so because it's it's customary to do and, and by customary what that means is everybody's forgotten why it happens like no because no, i've investigated this with 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 people in india who are you know experts in the field of movement and body language i'm like okay tell me about this what is it its history where does it you know where's it spoken of where's it talked about has anybody broken this down and everybody's like no like we, we don't really know why why it comes about and why it's different in different regions and so it's 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 kind of evolutionary purpose has got forgotten but what which is fine i mean that's what happens with customs is everybody forgets why but they carry on doing it uh that's what's lovely and, and that's what creates a uniqueness to cultures um uh but it must have had a benefit at mm -hmm. some point yeah. else it wouldn't have stayed and it still has a benefit because it stayed you know, it still it still marks you out from you know the nearest people who don't do that. It's like ah, they don't 
they don't do that. <laughs> ah, so they're, they're a little bit different over that border. You know, you get over those mountains, the other side of those mountains, you'll see a different behavior. That kind of thing is important because it, it marks out you on that side of the mountain and them on, or, you know, you on that side of the lake and them on the other side of the, of the lake. You know, there's a sense of belonging mm -hmm. around that, which is important to social mammals. I think I think the head wobbles fascinating. <laughs> uh, it's just part of like you can say like nonverbal communication, and I was always fascinated about that. Like how it, we never learn about it, we just saw and just go go with it. Yeah, yeah. And, well, yeah. I mean, you know, we learn it, we, we develop it over time, yeah. we learn it over time. And because elements of it are either innate or cultural, mm -hmm. um, it's tricky to learn. I mean, there are some, there are some, you know, some specific signals that we do learn over time as to what they, I mean, you'll see, you'll see nonverbal, you know, in, in certain cultures, there'll be nonverbal signals that have to be learned i mean you take it to you know american sign language um, and then you have yeah. to learn that because yeah, that's a yeah. language there's no yeah. way that anybody's born with american sign language it's a set of very specific signals mm -hmm. which you must get entirely accurate yeah. or somebody will totally misunderstand you you know some of the hand gestures like okay and the other things yeah, yeah. like you got to know what country that will work in and what country it will not yeah, work in like that one as well like this in some countries is not might, cultures is, is going to get you a very negative response yeah yeah that, i heard about that as well mark now thanks again like for coming on the show i just want to ask and this is what might be like last question and i feel like sure. this is again very important question for listeners but you would say that the one the just one best thing the listeners can take away from you if they are if they are beginning and they want to begin their research in in the body language what what would be the first step for them to even start start with yeah uh here's what i would do is um is there, there's so many good books out there um but if you're really interested in body language get yourself over to the behavior panel behavior.com and and watch some of our shows there because you will get in any one show you'll get an extraordinary amount of information on nonverbal behavior on body language on human behavior and you can start to get a sense of what you're most interested in because there's a lot of different good viewpoints on there and you can start to say to yourself what am i most interested in you know follow us there maybe you want to follow one of us more than another because one of us has a viewpoint that you want to investigate more but you know it's it's a great world of choice at the moment in terms of content that you can get so start really investigating the people um who most interest you and their viewpoints got it got it thank you so much and mark like for your own yourself like if someone is looking for you and your resources on internet what would be the best way for for to find out yeah, really easy. Just Google Mark Bowden or uh, look me up at truthplane.com, T-R-U-T-H-P-L-A-N-E, truthplane.com. You'll find me. You'll find my YouTube channel. Go there. Watch. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mark, for giving My us pleasure. Time. Thank you so much for coming on the show, brother. Good to see you, Harpreet. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everybody, for listening. <laughs>